dare say amen. amen. All right. And then if we could, let's stand in, in honor of this good book. I'll read this passage as quickly as possible. Mark chapter number 11. We'll, be, we'll read verses 12 through 22. All right. If you follow along, I'll begin. Mark 11, verse 12. The Bible says that on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he, uh, talking about Jesus, was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. Excuse me. And the scribes and chief priests heard it, and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. Notice this, uh, verse number 20, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Notice this, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Here's the title of the message this morning, Have faith in God. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. I want to preach a simple message this morning. Have faith in God. Let's bow for prayer. Lord God, we need you this morning. I'm nothing without you. They're not here to hear from me, Lord. We're here to hear from you. And we want, to, we want you to speak to us this morning, God. I pray that you'd, you'd help every heart, Lord God. If anyone who is in the valley, Lord, that you would encourage them. Anybody who's on the mountain, Lord God, that they would put more and more faith in you. Lord, may you bless us this morning. And uh, help us to have listening ears to your word. And we pray this in your name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you very much. In this passage, Jesus takes time. He takes uh, a story about a simple tree, a fig tree, to teach his disciples a lesson about faith and to have faith in God. Now, I wanted to go over the story just briefly a little bit. Um, the Bible uh, is starting verse number 12. They're, they leave Bethany and they're heading to Jerusalem. And uh, they come by a fig tree that has leaves on it. Jesus sees the fig tree. The Bible says he's hungry. And he sees the leaves on the tree and he, he assumes then if it has leaves, it should have fruit. And he goes to the tree and uh, there's no fruit on it. And I want you to notice in verse number 14 that he, he uh, in essence, curses it. He says to it, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Then, uh, then he, they proceed to go on to Jerusalem and, and he takes care of some business in the temple. Um, as, he, as he has the right to do, he, he's the son of God. And, um, and then we see in verse number 20 again, the Bible says in the morning they pass by the same fig tree. And, uh, and, the, and the Bible says that it, had dry, it was dried up from the roots. So, so the, Lord, uh, the Lord cursed it, said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter. And then uh, the Bible says in verse number 21 that Peter noticed it. Peter, Peter points it out. I like Peter in the Bible. He is often the disciple that just says whatever comes to mind. Sometimes it got him in trouble. I can relate to that disciple. I, I'd like to be more like the, you know, the disciple John that was always there, just always with Jesus, just loved on him. Sadly, I sometimes put my foot in my mouth. In fact, at college, I received one award in the four years I was at college, and it was, they, they actually created it for me. 
It was the Foot and Mouth Award. And they gave that to me. So they actually created it for me. I was there recently, asked him if they still, and he said, no, we haven't really had anybody deserve it. I said something. I asked a silly question in chapel I shouldn't have done. And uh, Anyways, maybe I'll tell you about it afterwards. It's not necessarily. Yeah, anyways. Um, but uh, so I'm, I'm a bit more like Peter, but he's, he, there, I, I have no reason to believe that he lacked faith or that this lesson was directed to him. He's just the disciple that pointed out the tree. He said, hey, look, Lord, there's that tree that you curse up. It's all withered away. And um, and then Jesus stops. And boy, I love studying Jesus's interaction with his disciples. It's so important that we study these things that we can learn from them. And, and Jesus obviously is our primary example in the Bible. But truth be told, and by the way, it was an excellent, um, y'all, you should make it to Sunday school if you could. That was one of the best lessons from Romans chapter 7 that I've heard. And, 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 and what, a, what a blessing that was to me. But, um, and I was going there, what was I? Oh yes, we cannot be the sinless son of God. We, we still, the, the Bible says, sin is still present with us. And so it's tough to live, we can't live up to the example of Jesus. But what we can be is a good disciple. What we can be is a good follower of Jesus Christ. And that's why I like to study his interaction with his disciples. And here, in, and starting in verse number 22, and then the next four verses, Jesus gives them a lesson, a lesson encouraging them to have faith in God. And I began thinking about that. If these disciples, these were the apostles, they got to walk with Jesus. They got to see him work miracles. I mean, we, I, I haven't had the opportunity to walk physically with Jesus. We walk with him spiritually. But, but they were able to see, see him bring the dead to life. They were able to see him bring sight to the blind man. And you would think they would have faith. Yet Jesus took time to give them, to encourage them, to teach them to have faith in God. How much more today, in 2015, 2,000 something years later than Christ, and, and in the world that we live in today, how much more important is it, child of God, to have faith in God? Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. Now, we know that this applies two, two different ways, if you will. One is for salvation. We must put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the verse that he read in Sunday school, He that believeth on the Son is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already. We are in a condemned state until we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that salvation is repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what your, um, what your situation is here today. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to take you to heaven, to, 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 to wash away your sins, to cleanse you of your sins and take you to heaven. I would, I would beg you to do that today. Do not leave this church un, unless you know for sure that you're on your way to heaven. And we do that by putting our faith in Jesus. But the Bible also says that faith, for those, who, uh, for those of us who have trusted in the Lord, we've already put our faith in Him for salvation. The Bible says we must live by faith as well. Romans 1.17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. If you're, if you're, if you're a saved child of God in here t- this morning, the Bible says we are to live by faith. We don't, we, it's not enough that we have faith to save us, and that's good. That's, that's, that's all we need for heaven. But in order to be 
a good disciple. In order to be a good child of God, we must live by faith. Because Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. And conversely to that, it's an amazing thing to consider that our faith does please Him. My faith does please God. But what an amazing thing that is to me. I told you, I'm, I'm just a, a country boy from a little hick town. I, I'm a nobody. And there's seven plus billion people in this world. And there's the what God has created just astounds me. And yet to think that just one in seven billion, but if I put my faith in God, it pleases Him. See, God is pleased by our faith. God, when we when we turn to Him, because okay, First uh, Peter one seven, it says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about the trial of our faith. A lot of what what Brother T C saying, the, the, being being up on the mountain, being down in the valley, sometimes God will allow our faith to be tried. He'll allow our faith to be tested. Trials and tribulations to come into our life so that we can prove our faith in Him. You see, when, when, when a trial comes, when, when a test comes into our life, do we immediately run to our own wisdom? Do we, do we go and seek maybe uh, you know, the wisdom of someone else, some counselors, different things? Or do we turn and put our faith in Him? Whether we understand the trial or not, whether we understand what we're going through or not, we must put our faith in God because that pleases Him. Always, no matter, when, when you go through those valleys in your life, put your faith in God. That pleases Him. We are to live by faith. So I'm here to encourage you this morning, have faith in God. Have faith in God. And there's three different areas that I see in this passage that we will get through quickly so I can be done by 12.07. Alright, here we go. First of all, have faith in in God's promises. Have faith in God's promises. Boy, this is so important. And we see this here. We see that we can put faith in what the Lord says, what God says, what Jesus says. We can put our faith in His promises. Look at verse number 14. I know this is really simple, and this whole message is simple, but I've tried to preach profound messages, and it doesn't always go very well. I'm not a profound person, so I preach simple messages, but I hope it's a blessing to you, because it was a blessing to me. Jesus answered and said unto it, verse number 14, to a tree. Jesus answered and said to a tree, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Then in verse number 20, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up, from the roots. We find in verse number 14 that Jesus makes a promise to a tree. He makes a statement to a tree. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And then in verse number 20, we find that the tree was dried up from the roots. I began thinking about that. The Lord made a promise to a tree. He made a statement to a tree. And he kept that promise. That came to pass. What God said came to pass happened. And I began thinking about that. If the Lord will keep his promise to a tree, a tree, how much more we are his children, how much more will he keep his promises to us? How much more important are we to him than a tree? God has promised to take care of us. He's promised to provide for us. Matthew 6.30 says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye 
of little faith. Sometimes we have little faith when it comes to God's provision for us. But he has promised to do that. And he even uses the grass and the flowers. And it's a beautiful time of year. Spring, some of the, the grass is starting to, to turn green again. What a beautiful thing. The little daffodils are coming up in front of our house. And uh, boy, I never planted them there. That was just a bonus that came with the house when we got it back in a, a ways ago. But it's, it lets me know it's spring. Well, I saw the little bud shooting up about three, three and a half weeks ago. Man, that was an encouragement. I was like, hey, it's here. Spring is here. And it's an exciting thing. And the Bible says that it's today is into my, you know, come fall. It's all actually those daffodils usually die within about a month, month and a half usually. And they, they, they're done. And the Bible says, but if God will clothe, if he'll bring the, the, that green grass back and the, the, the leaves on the trees and the beautiful flowers, if he will take care and provide for them, he provides the nutrients, the soil to make that grow. If he'll provide for that, for a tree, how much more will he provide for us? Have faith in the promises of God. And that's just one promise. That's just one promise that we find in God's word. We find, I believe I read somewhere there's 161 promises in the, in the Bible. I don't know. There's probably more than that. There may be less than that. I don't know. But I know there's promises in God's word that we can put our faith in, that we can count on day in and day out. When he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, that's a promise that we can, we can grab onto when we go through those trials or tribulations in life. You see, God's promises are good. God keeps his word. I, I haven't I, I'm I'm ashamed to stand before you and say I have not always kept my word. I have not kept every promise I've ever made. I try, I do my best. Sometimes I have sometimes we have good intentions. Sometimes we have every intention of keeping our word, but we might get a flat tire on the way. Or that something Things happen to us in life. But I tell you one thing, nothing ever takes God by surprise. And he keeps every promise because the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Compared to God, I am a liar. But he is true and he keeps his promises and he'll keep his promise to me and to you. When he says that he will keep his that that um, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. We can we can sink our teeth into that, that God will preserve his word. When he says my word shall not return unto me void. We can we can have faith that when we sow the seed of, that when we sow the seed of God's word, that he will bless it. And those are just a few of the promises of God. I don't know what promise you need this morning. I don't know your situation. I don't know too many of you. But I know that God keeps his promises. And I know that when trials come and tribulation come into your life, find the promise of God. Put your faith in that. I'm not saying don't put your faith in, in what the doctor says, what a, what a what therapist may say, or, or what a counselor, somebody wise says to you. I'm not saying don't put faith in that. But boy, turn to God first. Turn to his promises first. Turn to his word first. Because that pleases him. Abraham is an example of faith in the promises of God. The Bible says in Romans 4.20, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. What promise was that? Abraham was told at the age of 100 and his wife was 90. They've been barren for a long time. And that is pretty old. I don't believe anybody here is that old. Yet, though I see a few of you might be kind of close, but anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, Lord, Lord, forgive me for saying that. Um, Abraham is an example of putting faith in the promise of God. The Bible says he staggered not. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith. 
We need Christians today to be strong in faith. Giving glory to God. See, once again, not only is God pleased by our faith. Faith is so important because we see all that it does. God is pleased by our faith. This verse says that our faith gives glory to God. God is glorified. God is magnified. God is honored. And boy, if our life should do anything, it should bring glory to God and it should honor Him. And our faith does that. Have faith in God. What promise do you need in the Bible today? Put your faith in the promise of God. Have faith in God's promises. Moving quickly, secondly, have faith in God's power. I want you to read with me verses 23 and 24. Jesus starts with, have faith in God. Verse 23, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. We find in these passages that the Lord says that God has the power to move mountains. To move mountains. I've thought about that. Illinois is a pretty flat country. Um, it's pretty flat around here. I, I, I like to go to, uh, if you go east and you see the beautiful Smoky Mountains, you head west, there's a beautiful... Rockies out there. Um, if I wanted the Lord to move mountains, it would probably be to move them here. Uh, not, not away, but here. I, I, I was thinking how nice it would be. It's really flat down around Springfield. I was thinking how nice it would be to just have maybe one or two of the Rocky Mountains, maybe like 10 miles outside town. You know, maybe, maybe get a house that, you know, you can walk out and have your morning cup of coffee and look at the beautiful, majestic mountains there. Maybe um, some snow on them so we could go skiing and snowboarding in the wintertime and everything. I think that would be a wonderful thing. And, of course, I'm joking. I really don't need God to move mountains. But there are times and there have been times in my life. I, I kind of mentioned one uh, just when, when we started. Uh, the times that you, it's, you have such an urgent need from the Lord, it is, it seems like a mountain. And the, the, the fact of the matter is, I don't need any mountains to be moved, but I need to have faith that God can. I need to have faith that God can. Because God does not lack in power. We lack faith. I'm going to say that again. God does not lack power. We lack faith. If you read these verses, it, it's not that God cannot answer our prayers. It's just sometimes we just, we don't believe. We don't have faith that He can. I mean, I've done it before. Have you ever prayed and asked God to do something that in the back of the, your mind you just weren't sure whether or not He could or whether or not He would? I mean, if I prayed and asked the Lord for a million dollars right now, I just, I doubt that. I know for one, I wouldn't deserve it, but I just, I, I would, I would, there would be a little bit of doubt in the back of my mind. But not because God lacks power. Because we lack faith. Do we have enough faith in God's power? 1 Corinthians 2.15 says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We put our faith too much in the wisdom of men, in our own wisdom. Shamefully, we, don't, we really don't have any wisdom. But I tell you what, God has power. God has power. And we need to stop putting our faith in the wisdom of men and put it in the power of God. 
Have faith in God's power. Have faith that he which began a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And I'll close with this verse about having faith in God's power. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. You see, his power works in us. And this verse tells me that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now I want you to stop right there and think about that. Sometimes we have a prayer request that we feel it's big. And sometimes we feel that we may be asking or we may be thinking too much from God. I've been there. Sometimes when I, when I kneel and pray that the Lord would start a church in Springfield from seemingly nothing there, sometimes it seems like such a huge prayer. And, 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 boy, and there, especially starting out, when I would pray and ask God to, to begin to work in Springfield and to go ahead of us and to touch lives and to already be convicting folks and, of, of their need for Him and, 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 to, and to be in church, I, I began thinking about what a, a big prayer request that seemed to be. But then I was reminded of this verse and it's been such a blessing to me. Not only is God able to do what we ask, or what we think by his power. But this verse tells me that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I don't know what your need is today. What you need from the Lord. For one, pray. Talk to him. Ask him for things. And then don't be afraid what you ask for. Because according to this verse, we cannot out-ask or out-think God. Because he can do exceeding abundantly above what we ask or think. And I'm not talking about asking for silly material things that we don't necessarily need. Asking for the Lord to do something in our life. Asking God to work a miracle in our life. Asking God to, to uh, bless our relationships. Asking God to, to help us to be a good parent, a good father, a good mother, a good sister, a good brother, a good son, a good daughter. Asking for these things. Don't be afraid to out. We're not going to out ask God. He wants to give us. The Bible says that, that um, we evil parents know how to give good things to our children. How much more? He wants to give us these things. He has the power to do it. We cannot out-ask or out-thank God. Have faith in God's power. Lastly, and I'll be done, have faith in God's path. Really quickly, you're going to have to follow with me on that. On this, have faith in God's path. We see in verse number 12 that they leave the town of Bethany. And they go to Jerusalem. On the way there, oh, I thought <laughs> there's plugs there. I thought I dropped something. Um, sorry, <laughs> didn't need to distract you all there. Uh, they leave Bethany and they go to Jerusalem. On the way there, they go by this tree. Okay, they stop by the tree. Jesus is hungry. Uh, there's no figs on it. He curses it. Then they move on to Jerusalem, and, and he he goes in the temple and takes care of some things. They had turned the, the, the they had turned the house of prayer into a den of thieves, and he was upset. And and by the way, it, there's n- there's no sin in being angry at sin. The Bible says, "Be angry and sin not." Um, sometimes sometimes we need to get angry at that which God is angry at. But anyways, um, so he takes care of things there. Then uh, then the Bible says they head back to Bethany. And they pass by the tree again, and Jesus gives them this lesson on faith. And then in verse number 27, the Bible says, and they come again to Jerusalem. And I began thinking about that. Okay, so they left Bethany, passed the tree, went to Jerusalem. 
And then in verse number 20, they, we don't see them doing anything when they go back to Bethany. So I began thinking, well, why did they, why did they, why did they go back to Bethany? Why did they make that trip? It would have made sense for them to just stay in Jerusalem. The path that they chose didn't make, doesn't make a lot of sense. But when you think about it, it does when you consider that they had to take that path in order to walk, pack, pass, pack, walk back past that tree. And I began thinking, sometimes the path that God leads us on doesn't make a lot of sense. You see, we'd love to stay up there on that mountain all the time, but sometimes God brings us into that valley. And sometimes that doesn't make sense. And this path does not make sense until you realize that they stopped and they had a lesson that built their faith along the way. And sometimes that... That's what we go through in life. Sometimes that's God brings us to these points, brings these, allows these things into our life so that we can increase our faith. Or you think about people who, had, who went down a path that did not make sense. You can't help thinking in the Bible about Job. I think he's one of the greatest illustrations of somebody who just had the worst things happen. The Bible says he lost everything that he had. His ten children died. He lost his health all in the same day. And he must have, when he sat down, he must have wondered why. This, Pat, this does not make sense to me. But the amazing thing about Job is that he maintained his integrity. He maintained his faith in God. And Job 23.10, one of the key verses out of that whole book, says, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. It's a reassuring thing to know that God knows the way that we take. No matter, you may be in the deepest, darkest, worst moment of your life. Maybe that's why you're here in church today. I don't know. You may be in the, in the deepest, darkest moment, but... God knows the way that you take. He knows the way that I take. We must put our faith in His path. Have faith that God will direct each step that you take, even when they don't make sense. Going back to Bethany did not make a whole lot of sense. But maybe it was simply so that they could have that moment where Jesus would teach them about faith. Sometimes it's not about where God takes us as much as what He wants to teach us on the way. Have faith in God's path. For sake of time, I'm going to leave you with this verse, this thought. Luke 17, 5. The disciples, the Bible says, and the apostles came to Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, increase our faith. Once again, that's an amazing thing to me. These are the same disciples that were with Jesus. If anybody would have faith, I would think they would. Yet they came and said, Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. Is that your prayer this morning? Have you asked for that this morning? Lord, increase my faith. Sometimes it means uh, something in our path. We may be led somewhere we might not necessarily care for. But boy, when we turn... when the Lord allows those things into our life and we maintain our faith in Him, that pleases God.
That brings glory to God. I'm here to encourage you today. Have faith in God. Child of God, have faith in God. If you've never put your faith in Him for salvation, may you do that this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Thank you so much for your kind attention. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would bless the invitation.